VR training platforms like the one developed by Fundamental VR and Orbis International are helping surgeons train over and over before operating on real patients. As you practice each skill, the muscle memory starts to develop. Learn more at meta.com slash metaverse impact. As you write your life story, you're far from finished. Are you looking to close the book on your job? Maybe turn a page in your career. Be continued at the Georgetown University School of Continuing Studies. Our professional master's degrees and certificates are designed to meet you where you are and take you where you want to go. At Georgetown SCS, the learning never stops, and neither do you. Write your next chapter. Be continued at scs.georgetown.edu slash podcast. Hey, everybody. This is Casey. I have to address something. In this show, I say the incorrect name of a national park. I reference it several times. I'm talking about Acadia National Park in Maine, not Arcata, the city I'm pretty sure is in California. Anyway, just wanted to say that the podcast regrets the error. Hello, everybody. Welcome to Completely Arbitrary, the podcast about trees and other related things. I am but one of your hosts. My name is Alex Croson. Hi, everyone. I am your other host, Casey Clapp. Yay. What's up, Case? Oh, man. I'm drinking some Love Kombucha right now. Oh, yeah. That's by uh, Dr. Brew. Brew Doctor. Uh, got yeah, it mixed I don't up. think he actually or she has a degree, but I don't know. Hmm. Brew Doctor. Brew Doctor. Sounds like a 90s hip-hop artist. It kind of does, you know? Just like Fungal Associates. Yeah, yeah. Brew Doctor and the Fungal Associates. <laughs> oh, man, there now it we're is. we're talking. Come on, where are you, Andrew Bird? Get that going. Andrew <laughs> Bird, why'd you choose him? Because <laughs> oh, he's like been a band leader in a bunch of 90s oh. like uh, semi-pseudo-ska bands. Okay. I've also been listening to him a lot lately. He's, he's in your mind, scape. Yeah. He's great. And yeah, it, he's awesome. Everyone should listen to our other podcast where we just talk about music and what we're listening to at the time. It's dropping here sometime. I'd like that. I, I would too. <laughs> we'll, we'll make that like a maybe a side episode where we can just be like, hey, everyone who you, you pay five bucks at our Patreon and then we'll give you nothing but music podcasts. Yeah, people uh, would definitely love that. <laughs> He says convincingly. <laughs> How are you, Alex? I am doing quite well. I'm I'm having a good week, uh, getting a lot of stuff done. Christmas. We just had uh, holidays here. That's right. Over. I am I'm wary to mention Christmas because uh, this is something I haven't talked to you about. I guess we might as well talk about it now. Oh gosh. Uh, t- we're time stamping these episodes. Oh God, you're right. So our last episode, we said yesterday we t- we we announced our podcast. That's when true. people hear that. It's going to be damn near a month later. <laughs> Whoops. Oh, well. It's not, not gonna, a, <laughs> it's not a huge deal, but it might ruin some immersion. <laughs> we're going to have to, we're just going to have to keep going, just barrel through like nothing ever happened. Yeah. But that's a new, that's a new rule here at Comp Arb Pod. True. That rolls off the tongue. Yeah, it really is. Was that our abreve? Comp Arb Pod. pod. Comp Arb Top. Arbitrary Pod. That um, sounds just about right. Yeah, I had. I it's it's going well. How are you doing, Casey? Yeah, like I said, doing great. This has been. I have had. There's a lot of stressful things going on. Real quick for me. I'm so so sorry to cut you off. You're right fine. in the middle of this. Would you tilt your mic a little bit toward more towards your face? What about that? That's perf. Thanks. How does that sound? Lovely. Excellent. Right in the middle of you telling me that you're really stressed out. I'm <laughs> <Yeah>. so sorry. 
<laughs> yeah, thank you. I am actually doing just peachy. I have a lot of things that are going on, but I, I, you know, it used to be bad stress. Now it's just, you know, stress that's kind of keeping you at a high level of activity all yes, the time. Yeah, where you're just kind of steering into it. And at one point, I think a lot of great things are going to come from it. So yeah. give me another couple months, and then I think everyone's. I'm going to be happier. Yeah, I think it's going to be a really great position for me. Yeah, I think I think we're all trending upwards. Casey, we have a new tree this week, as we do every week. Um, let's dive right in. I'm very much excited for this. Oh, um, God. What is our tree that we're discussing this week? All right. This tree goes by a few names, depending on where you are. Hmm. One name, which is very common over here on the West Coast, is Arbor Vita. The right. other common name is the Northern White Cedar, with a dash in between white and cedar. <gasps> I might know why. Tell us. Is it a false cedar? That's it. It's a false cedar. Now, anytime I see a dash, I know to be suspicious. Exactly. Dashes are always dastardly. Yeah, dastardly dashes. <laughs> I'm glad I came up with another D word that fast. <laughs> That's good. So, yeah, it is the Arborvita is what we're going to call it here. Yeah. Thuya ox- Occidentalis. Say that first word again. Ooh, Thuya. 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 I thought it was Thuha. Ah, ooh. I guess it could be. Like in Spanish. Yeah. Honestly, I took French, so I, I don't know Spanish. I believe Olivia called it Thuja. Yeah. A lot of people do. Okay. I, I don't know that there is a correct name or a necessarily a correct pronunciation. Mm-hmm. I'm sure that there's somebody out there who took Latin and is like, no, 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 it is this. Right. But I always like Thuja. Those people are not us. No, they are not us. No. And whose podcast is this? Gosh dang it. <laughs> you know, our normal thing, uh, uh, what's kind of canon now is when... I say, okay, Casey, you're walking through the forest and you see one of these trees. However, I don't, I, I, am I correct in assuming that these things are not found in forests necessarily? Yes, correct. They, or at least over here on the, in the Northeast over in Maine, Arcata National Park, mm-hmm. um, anywhere over in the sort of Northern Eastern side of, of the United States, Southern Canada, okay. you will find them in the forest sparingly. Okay, so let's say you're walking through the the suburbs of West Lynn, Oregon. (laughs) What do these things look like? These are the really tight hedgerow trees that you see planted around the outside of anyone's yard. Yeah. One 30 inches away from the other on center. Boom, 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 boom. Yeah. They grow straight up with these little columns of green shrubbery. They they remind me of... um, like when I picture an arborvita, yeah, I picture them in a row on a on a like a um oh my god, what's that called? A uh, retaining wall. Yeah, totally. Like you know, at at your mom's house. Yeah, they're they're so classic. Like I, my cousins had a a bunch. Well, my yeah, my aunts and uncles still live there, mm. um, but they had this big hedge in the back, and I remember you could run behind it. It was so big, Ooh, like between yeah. the fence and it. And it's just the classic hedgerow tree for the United States. Yeah. Over in the east, though, so let's say you're walking, you're taking a a wild romp through Arcata National Park in Maine. This tree grows in like two weird ways. Hmm. So are you familiar with a cultivar? Absolutely not. All right. Well, I shouldn't have asked. Uh, so a cultivar is a cultivated variety. It's a mashup of two words. Ah. And basically, it's um, the a variety of a tree that is not necessarily natural. Perhaps it was naturally occurring, and like there was one tree that somebody found that had this weird attribute. They 
capture that tree mm-hmm. and then they take cuttings of it and they propagate it and they make it into a new variety. Okay. So usually um, that's how we get like weeping trees or trees with really weird attributes. Either they're weeping or they're oh. really skinny and upright or they have different color leaves. The Japanese maple is a great example where there's like three trillion different varieties. They're all the same tree. But they all have these weird different things. So cultivated variety in this case for the arborvita, the most common one you see is that really skinny, tight growing one that is very straight and upright. Yeah. Over in the east, though, they actually grow as trees and they get to like um, a pretty good size. I think I've been reading uh, commonly between like 15, 80 feet tall. Whoa. Just pretty big for an arborvita. I can't imagine one taller than eight or 10 feet. No, I've seen one, I think maybe about 30 or 40 feet tall. Shit. Do they, really do they grow straight up like they do? Oh, well, if they plant them over here, yeah, because no one plants the normal arv- arborvita over here. Yeah. Which is so sad because they are. I think if this this episode would be going a lot of a much different direction than it's going to go. Spoiler: <laughs> than if they if if people planted the normal uh, northern white cedar over here rather than the arborvita. Really quick, I'm gonna Google the northern white cedar. Yeah, it's the thuja or the thuja or the thuja. Occidentalis. There you go. That's the right idea. Um, oh, okay. Yeah, it looks. Oh, yeah, it looks like it looks like a college campus tree. Yeah, it's really closely related to the native one that we have over here, which is some people call it the giant arborvita, which is Thuya uh, placata, the western mm. red cedar. Now, Casey, I'm going to spoil a little bit here. All right. I know that you fucking hate this tree i hate arborvita <laughs> i hate it so much and i'm so excited to find out why because oh, i have almost zero opinion actually i might have a uh, a trending a trending uh positive opinion really on this tree because All right we had them in my backyard when i was a kid and the only when i googled it i immediately had a sense memory <gasps> of playing like behind the arborvitas you're kidding me yeah no oh man i hope i don't ruin that does I, everyone do, do other people have that do you think I I I would think so. I mean, wow. especially people on the West Coast, maybe I have, not the Northeasterners of yeah. among us. Oh, I wonder what they think of it. Like, I, I'll, mm. I'll ask some of my main friends, Maynards, and be like, "Hey, what do you think about this tree?" We have to have the objective part okay. first. Just so, the facts. Just the facts. So, this is the Eastern White Cedar, otherwise known as the Arborvita Thuya occidentalis. Mm-hmm. Occidentalis means Western. Oh, okay. Yes, from the West, in fact. Okay, but it's an Eastern. All, all about perspective, isn't it? Oh, shit, man. Yeah, yeah. Now we know who named this tree. Certainly not an Oregonian. Oh. Yeah. So mm. it's Western if you're from Europe. Oh, I see. Mm-hmm. So it was named by a European? Yeah. It was named by, actually, uh, Linnaeus. It was the guy, the guy that started the the uh, the scientific naming of things using Latin binomials. Oh, the OG. <laughs> Just that. If, for those of you who didn't see, Alex's face was completely blank because I, I think I used like 30 <laughs> words there that he's like, I have no idea. What is a Latin binomial? What? No, I'm following. You're the best. Uh, well, d- d- was this guy pre-David Douglas? If, oh, yeah. Because yeah. he's the only person who names plants that I can that I know of. Which is not, not unreasonable. He's done a lot. Yeah. So the biggest problem that we run into is between common name and um, 
scientific name. Okay. So depending on where you are, we would call it arborvita. Some people in Maine would call this the eastern white cedar or the northern white cedar. Mm-hmm. And then other people elsewhere might call it something completely different. Right. So if you are in Australia and you're trying to wonder what this plant is, I'm in Oregon and we're trying to communicate about it, then we have developed, we being humans, a... Latin scientific term for every single living thing. Ah. And so the Latin binomial is the genus and the species or specific epithet. Together they create a species. It's like the common tongue that we can all understand. Yes, exactly. Yeah. Cool. So Linnaeus is the guy who started that entire whole process. Hmm. And he decided we're going to do this and we're going to do this. Genus, specific epithet, together is the species. Oh, okay. So when he started, um, it, this was in the late 1700s or the mid 1700s. So they people would send stuff to him, but we didn't know all the plants in the world. We still don't know all the plants in the world. Yeah. But he started it, and um, so if it was one of the first things when he said, "I think I'm going to do this," then he took all the plants that he knew of, gave them names, or gave them names that somebody else would have, and before that, it would be like Thuya, and then all the different words that would describe it in Latin. So a Latin name would be like 16 words long. (laughs) Like, oh, the Latin word for evergreen and from the West and this kind of species with this kind of fruit and this kind of this. Yeah, so he made everything a lot simpler. Cool. Yeah, so he's OG, you're right. Good for him. Yeah. Well, he's the one that named it, and he's from Europe. So he's like, all right, it's the Western version of this tree. I see. You know? And so it has um, scale-like needles that are pressed to the stem of the twig. They're oppositely arranged on each twig, and they grow to be, like I said, about 80 feet tall or so. And then they have um, these adorable little cones that look like little rosebuds that grow (gasps) upright, and they're in these little clusters on the ends of the twigs. I now remember, remember yeah. They're really adorable, weren't they? They are, but I don't like those scaly needles no why don't you like them they're little snakes like they they do remind me of snakes you know why i like them why i don't like them excuse me tell me is because if you if you if you rub them one way yeah they're nice and smooth oh i see yeah and then if you go the other way you cut your fucking hand yeah and you're just like i hate this tree now it smells bad too and it puts a little little yeah i guess you get the smell i actually kind of like what is the smell like it's very cedary in in the sense of like um uh, citrus and it has oh. like if you cut the wood it's got that sort of like fresh cut uh, cedar plank kind of kind of smell to okay, it okay cool yeah so it has this very aromatic wood if you cut into it it also has very if you crush the um, the needles they have a um, uh, it's kind of like not a turpentine but very citrusy kind of smell mm. you know like anything you get with that Christmas time sort of scented pine cedar sort of thing yeah, yeah. okay you know if you ever have a candle it's gonna be the green colored candle <laughs> I bet if <laughs> you I bet if you uh, if you gave me a piece of arborvita and I smelled it I would probably trigger a sense memory oh yeah well if I, I sh- well we have one outside I'll go grab one hold on should we actually? <laughs> no. All right. We'll do that, and then maybe we can edit it back in. That'd be fun. Yeah. All right. So I think that's about it in terms of describing it. Everyone in the world... Okay. I, everyone in the United States has seen this tree. Yeah. If you live, like, above Arizona... You may just not know it offhand. Yeah, because it's that hedge tree that you most of the time see growing in a place that someone plants immediately. They plant it too deep. They want a big hedge as fast as they can so that no one can see them. They're super private. And then half of them die. You're, you're... I'm sorry. I'm getting a little... Old passion. Nice. All right. Uh, Let me ask you this. Yeah. I don't don't know if you know this. I I hope I'm not setting you up to fail here. We, they're, they're great. Like, I know them as like 
the great American hedge tree. <laughs> okay. When I think of hedges, <laughs> I'm I'm thinking Britain. I don't know why. Oh yeah. Well they had Britain hedgerows. has a lot of hedges. Yeah. A lot of hedgerows. Uh the first uh quarter of the Fellowship of the Ring, the book is all descriptions of hedgerows. <laughs> That's why I love that book so much. <laughs> all of them. But here's my question. All right. What kind of trees are they using for hedgerows in the UK? Oh, okay. So in the UK, they use a lot of really common species. Um, we call it mountain ash. Over there, they would call it the rowan tree. Ooh. And the rowan is it's a, a gorgeous little plant. Um, we uh, Sorbus is the um, scientific name or the genus. And I have to say that because in Australia, they call eucalyptus mountain ash. So mountain ash, and again, common name, it means nothing. And what I'm learning here in this episode is that uh, naming trees is wi- a wild world. It's obscene. Yeah. Man. It's crazy. It works out really well, but sometimes it's just so confusing. Yeah, that's crazy. So they also have um, like hawthorns and um, there's a couple plants. I can't remember. They call them like hedge apples, but hmm. it's kind of like the scrappy trees that don't get very big that kind of, if you cut them, they'll sprout with a bunch of thorns and be really kind of pokey and shrubby and they don't grow very tall. Um, they're kind of the understory trees. And then every now and then you'll get larger trees that would grow up over the top. But the hedgerows were strictly there to help keep wind down. We do a lot here in the United States in the Midwest where we'll put big rows of tall trees. And that way, if wind is blowing through, it's not going to erode all your soil. You remember the Dust Bowl, right? Yeah. Yeah. That was because of a huge drought and then followed by a huge windstorm. And we cut down every single tree and we we dug all the earth and got rid of all the plants. And then we tried to plow it. And because of the way we did that, we just created a bunch of dust and it all got blown, I think, into like the um, the Gulf of Mexico. No kidding. Yeah. So the, the hedgerow was a, was a practical... It was very practical. Uh, and it also kept people and delineated where your land was. Right. So once you cross that hedgerow, you're in Farmer Stewart's land. That's that's how that's more how I think of it. It's like a, yeah. it's like a, a cheap wall. Yeah, exactly. So a lot of times they would put really pokey or in, encourage the growth of pokey plants oh. so that no one would come across in it in, without getting quite cut up by it, like a hawthorn or something like that. We talked a little bit about blackberry bushes yeah. last episode, that blackberry bush might be a good hedgerow tree yeah except it'd probably then take over everything else around it too oh come Those on things, yeah okay we can at least what's the problem there no, hey more I, blackberries I, baby only good one time a year <laughs> but they're yeah. so good i don't, I don't want to get on blackberry ranch no, that's, we're talking yeah, about no. we got, yeah <laughs> Wait, yeah how many rains can we have in one episode <laughs> i think we're about to find out we're about to find out well, yeah, it's great. The um, the round, they, I think in France they also use the Lombardy um, poplar, which is like a tree that grows straight up, hmm. like almost every single twig aims as straight to the sky as it possibly can. I think I can picture that in my head. Yeah, you've I, seen a hundred of them, I'm sure. Yeah, I wonder, I wonder what it says about a culture. Like the the hedgerow tree they yeah. choose. Ooh, that's a good question. I wonder if there's a. Uh, I don't know if anyone's ever studied this. Any sort of correlation there? Yeah, I'm gonna I'm gonna think about this. Hey, l- let me put this one to the listeners. Yeah. If you, I we, I know we have a lot of forestry people who listen to us. If you happen to be, uh, Casey, help me out here. A forestry. <laughs> I was person. gonna let you do this. <laughs> if you happen to be a forestry person who deals with hedgerows at all, and you happen to know why we choose certain trees as hedgerow trees. Shout at us, arbitrary pod. We want to know. Yeah, um, I need to know. Yeah, we both would love to know. Yeah, and then I'll tell you, we can figure out what the ecological and 
cultural differences are? Because I bet you a lot of people actually do them for or use them for um, wildlife habitat here in uh, the United States, as well as buffers for um, like streams and things like that. Oh. So if you have a stream and you don't want all your chemicals and things going into it, back your farm off just a little bit, let a big hedgerow of whatever grow, and then it helps to um, filter any of the stuff that's going down towards the water. Creates habitat, keeps the water clean. Interesting. It's yeah, it's a great move. Cool. Yeah. But we don't use Arborvita for any of those things. No. It's useless. I'm sorry. I said it. It's useless. <laughs> wow. Our first useless tree. Okay. I don't want to say useless. And you know what? This is going to be a two-sided. This is a two-sided thing for me because I've been to Arcata National Park in Maine. It's delightful. It's beautiful. The trees are incredible. But over here, Arborvita is awful. Hmm. And here, here's my biggest thing. It has... Um, it, it grows straight up. It's really small. They die really easily because we mass produce them like crazy. Hmm. So the idea is you have a um, an arborvitae that you find in the woods. It is a tree that grows straight up, and you're like, wow, this would be a great hedge tree. Okay. And then you take a little cutting off of that off of a branch, and then you plant that, and you get that, or you you grow roots from it, and you take a it grows into another. You make tree. a new arborvita. Yeah, exactly. Okay. Now some of them. Uh, these arborvitas, if you crossbreed them, like pollinate them, and now you get a new sexually reproduced tree, it'll have the genes of both parents, right? Okay. So then you can have, if it if the genes uh, for the upright tree will continue down through the, the next generations, then cool, you got a new variety of tree that grows straight up. However, if you don't do that, if the seeds don't work, and every time these, you know, you have two parent trees interbreed, it always goes out like the non-upright tree for whatever reason. Okay. Then you can't you can't sexually reproduce them because the genes don't follow through to the next generation. Let me kick you a scenario, right. and you tell me this, this is this is the way I learn. I say, "Am I right?" Yeah. And then okay, so <laughs> and then you just shut down. <laughs> no, you're wrong, Alex. <laughs> uh, so let's say you breed literally one million arbovitas. Yeah, arbovitas, uh, arbovitae. I think it's already plural. Yeah. Yeah, I like that. Uh, you breed Octopus. one million arbovita. Okay. You discover that one of them has like a mite. That like eats the cones. Yeah. And you're like, fuck, all these th- this is this line is all dead. Oh my cones. That means that those one million arbovita are susceptible to that mite. Only if you so you said breed, and if you breed them, theoretically, that would be sexual production. Where you have two parents that pollinate each other and then create a offspring. And you're not doing that, you're cloning. An offspring. Yes. You're okay. cloning where you take a cutting, you grow that cutting. That cutting is exactly genetically the same as what it was cut off of. Okay. And you do that over and over and over and over and then you just have the same tree genetically speaking, but they're just multiple different trees. I understand now. All it's right. it's like uh we talked about um I think with the Douglas fir, we talked about the difference between like reproduction and layering. Um, yes, we didn't, like not that? with the Douglas fir. We talked about that with, with the a, white oak. a different tree oh. that we haven't even brought up yet. Our, <gasps> our, our lost episode. Oh my God. Let's, you guys. Should, we, should we spoil the beans? Oh, no. Okay. No, sorry, people. <laughs> You're going to have to look somewhere deep in the internet to find our lost episodes. I shouldn't have suggested spoiling the beans. <laughs> and it's also not spoiling. It's spilling. 
this podcast sucks. What a mess. <laughs> well, so basically, back to the arborvita, they're usually the same genetics for each arborvita. But also, people plant them like idiots, really close together. Okay. Like, I mean, literally 30 inches apart. Put your hands out. What you estimate is 30 inches. Uh, boom. Yeah, just a little over two feet. That's way too big. That's like three feet. Yeah, there we go. go. Yeah, so you got like two and a half feet. Okay. Imagine you do that for 100 feet. So each of these hands is a trunk? Yes. Oh my God, they have How, no breathing room. There's zero breathing room, and they people want that because they want an immediate hedge. That creates a good hedge. Exactly, and I hate that so much for a couple of reasons. One- it's completely unnatural. If you want yeah. something that's like a break, like let's say you live right on the side of a big main road or a freeway or something, you're like, I just want something to block the sound, block the view. Great. It's a utilitarian tree. You can plant it. You can put it right next to a wall and it will grow right next to that wall. But most of the time people don't do that. They just want their privacy or they just want them to like block off everything. Like, oh, grow tall enough so my neighbors can't look into my yard. Like all these things that are very anti-community. Very yeah. much just like, no, this is mine, not yours. Stay out, you know? This is honestly, I mean, like, I'm not a big fan of the Arborvita visually or physically. Yeah. But my biggest problem with it is what it represents. <laughs> yeah, thank you. Yeah. It is the American better than thouness. Yeah, or, it's yeah. it's the stay off my landness. Yeah, it's exactly what it is. It's the it's the not even stay off my land, it's the don't look at my landness. Yes. I, it, I like that they're I like that they protect against winds and stuff. That yeah. makes sense. But. So, you know, they're not useless like I said earlier, so I'm, I'm going to take that back. I regret it. The podcast regrets the The podcast air. regrets Casey's in emphatic impulses i thought you were gonna say the podcast regrets casey <laughs> no yeah oh man it's very yeah. much untrue yeah anyway thanks casey but we're gonna have to let you go <laughs> whoops no more podcast <laughs> got yeah. alex talking for 30 minutes about trees about oh my trees. god it's unintelligible it's 26 minutes of silence <laughs> so basically so aside from them being like useful for just very one for one good reason yeah they're mashed in and anything, literally anything except maybe bacteria and fleas and mites and things like that. They don't like to be mashed in right next to each mm. other on top of each other in giant hordes. I see. Everything needs its breathing room. And then people get so mad about their or to their landscapers because they're like, oh, my shrubs died. And then you have this big wall of arborvita mm. and one dies. Now you look like an idiot. <laughs> I've seen that. Yeah, me too. I have absolutely seen that. Yeah. yeah. And then everywhere in the world, like you go over there, like it grows 50 feet, 80 feet tall. It's a tree for sure. Proper tree. Yeah. But the variety that we grow over here stays small, doesn't really mm. do much. And when it does get big, it starts crowding out on its neighbors and it dies and people shave it and, and, and keep it as perfectly square and flat and unnatural as it can possibly be. It's a tortured life. Here's, here's the thing though. Is that the tree's fault? This is the fault. The, the reason we don't like this tree mm. is because of the way people plant it. And use it. Now, that's a good point. Man, is that going to change my rating now? Mm. I had this ready. You know, like you get so ready to oh, walk yeah. into something. You're just like, I'm going to say how it is. And then like you see someone who just completely takes your defenses away. Yeah, you came in hot. Honestly, that's what this podcast honestly is about. It's going to be just finding the love inside of me mm. for the plants that I hate. Wow, that's a... Hey, let's... Great let's, work. Let's write that down. Yeah, let's do that's the new uh that's gonna be the new slogan. <laughs> <laughs> um Casey, I think this is a great time to go into our rating. We're gonna give this tree a rating on a scale of on a scale from, on a scale four, on a scale of. Mm. 
On a hey, scale with. Hey, speaking of scales. Oh. Uh, zero to love. ten. Golden cones of honor. Golden cones of honor. Casey, as our resident expert, oh, we will begin with you. All right. This is okay. So here's the thing. I think I have to give two different ratings for this tree. Wow. We're already breaking the rules that we made arbitrarily. Wow. Already. Wow. So here's the thing. Yes, I don't like this tree because of how people use it, but we also like it has been grown and made to be used in that way. So we're not misusing the tree, at least the varieties that we plant over here. I see. In my opinion. And people love it. They plant it all the time. They want to make a perfect hedge and they think it looks really nice. Maybe it may look nice sort of sometimes. Other times it is completely destructive. It's got no character because it's just a wall with a couple little dots on it. It doesn't have any big sort of gorgeousness to it unless... It is over on the East Coast growing in its native habitat. West Coast Arborvita, 3.2. Whoa. <laughs> Easy. Nothing higher than a four. Wow. East Coast Arborvita, yeah. otherwise known as the Northern White Cedar, mm-hmm. I'm going to have to give that like a six and a half, only oh. because it doesn't get too tall. Okay. All right. What do you got? <laughs> Here is my rating. I think Arborvita's Arborvita are pretty lame. Uh, I think they hurt when you touch them, but only sometimes. So I'm very suspicious of them. I don't like that. I don't like the way they look. I'm sure I would like the way they smell, but who gives a shit? Mm -hmm. Maybe that is, um, sometimes smell really does have a, you know, a triggering effect. You've noted that already. Yes. Yes, that's true. I don't know. I want to give it sub five. It's because that's all it earns. For sure. Ooh. I maybe want to give it sub four. What what, was, what did you give it? Three point three point two. The Arborvita, I think, is just okay. I don't even think it's just okay. It's kind of sub okay. It's sub okay. I'm giving this a three point one. Wow, less than me. I think that's perfect. Average three point one point five. Yeah, that's not how you make averages. <laughs> this this number is so unique. It has two decimals. <laughs> That was our review of the Arborvita. We hope you enjoyed it. We're going to try something new now. Ooh, what? Are you ready for this, Casey? Yeah. I, well, I don't know. I feel like I'm unprepared because I don't know what we're doing. We are going to play a game. Oh, my God. This is Alex's Game Corner. And this particular game, uh, because we don't have a better name for it, is going to be called the Latin Name Game. I think we need a jingle there. We could add a jingle. All right, sounds good. Here's how it works. I will put 60 seconds on a clock. I will then read Latin names of trees to Casey. I'll do my best. I'm no, I'm no, I'm no Latin expert. And case, Casey, dead language. <laughs> well, not in the tree community. That's my a good friend. point. K- Casey will try to tell me the common name for that tree. So just to clarify, Case. All right. I'm going to read you the Latin. Mm-hmm. You're going to tell me the common. Okay. Okay. Gotcha. 60 seconds on the clock. Here we go. Here. And if you win, well, I guess in a way we're all winners. The number of points you get is going to equate to something else. (laughs) Sounds perfect. All right, here we go. We got this all figured out. 60 seconds on the (laughs) clock and begin. Nothophagus Antarctica. Ooh, Nothophagus. Um, That would be the false. um, It's a she... 
uh, beach. It's a southern beach. Correct. Quercus imbricaria. Uh, it's the overcup oak. No, not overcup. Um, it's imbricata. Quercus, it's an oak, but I don't remember the kind of oak. Shingle oak. Damn it. Viburnum cinnamomifolium. Viburnum cinnamomifolium. That is the uh, cinnamon viburnum. Correct. Metasequoia glyptodes. Stromboides. The Don Redwood, Metasequoia, Glyptostroboides. Morris Alba Unriu. Ooh, that would be a white hamilberry. Correct. Uh, Davidia Involcrato. Mm, that's the dove tree. Correct. Microbiota decusata. Ooh, decusata. Microbiota? Yes, Microbiota decusata. Oh, I don't know what that one is. The Russian arborvita. Oh. Durka palustris. Palustris. Palustris? Durka? Yeah. Dursa palustris. Dursa? I have no idea, but palustris means uh, swampy. Leatherwood. Leatherwood. Colru. Colruteria paniculata. That is the golden chain tree. No, golden rain tree. Correct. Uh, Abius Magnifica. Ooh, that would be the red fur. Correct. From where? What state? Ooh, California. Correct. Acer Tagmentosum. Ooh, Tagmentosum? Yes. Oh, Tag- I don't know. It's a maple of some kind. It's a- probably snake bark maple. Manchurian stripe bark maple. Oh. Athrotaxis laxifolia. That is, um, it's a kind of, uh, it's in the U family. Is it some kind of weird nutmeg? It's a Tasmanian pencil pine. What? Olmus, Olmus Americana. American elm. Olmus. Ficus carica. That's the common fig. Correct. Olnea tesota. What? Olnea tesota. Tesota. Olnea? I don't know. O-L-N-E-Y. That's an olive. Incorrect. Ironwood. Oh, What? We've been doing this for about three minutes. I was having such fun, I ignored the timer. <laughs> I didn't even know it was going. Oh, man. Casey, you got a handful of them right. That's about it, though. That's those pretty, were... I mean, I... I those were tough. I chose them randomly from a list. So. I think you did a really good job. Hey, thanks. Yeah, you tried your best with pronouncing them. My goodness. It's uh, it's a challenge. <laughs> it's half the fun. I, uh, how many did I get right? Uh, one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight. Eight? Eight out of how many? There are about 12 here. Oh, piss poor. What is that? That's two-thirds? We'll try this again sometime. All right. Well, maybe I can do better next time. <laughs> what a what a shit show. <laughs> All right, Casey. Let's move on to our completely arbitrary Q&A. Who is our question from this week, and what is their question? This is the question. It's from Mandy Arena. This came in on Instagram. Cool. And the question is, what is a cedar? All caps. Really? Oh, I assume. Let me let me try that again. What is a cedar really? Mm. What is a cedar really? Yeah, that's kind of what I, that's that's what I think that Mandy's getting at. So uh, this is a fun name. This also goes back to our conversation on naming things and like taxonomy or mm. uh, yeah, mostly taxonomy. So this guy Linnaeus, he created these binomials, right? So every species of living, everything that's alive will have one of those. We people are homo sapiens. Right. Um, bison, uh, the American bison's bison, bison. It's actually really easy. Um, Pinus ponderosa is the ponderosa pine. Right. Sometimes they're really simple, um, but they are only the scientific names. The common names are a complete shit show. 
And a lot of times when people would come over, people would, or those people were normally European colonists of some kind. And what they would do is they would go back and they would know only the trees from where they're from. So you're an Anglophile, as you said. You are from England. Then you go over to somewhere else and you see a tree that looks like the tree that you know from England. So So, I call it by the name that I'm used to. Exactly. You're like, oh, that's the Oregon pine. And it's like, you don't know a pine from a hemlock from a maple, but that's what you're going to call it anyway, just because it's easy. So that's what you write down in your book. Someone then reads your book and then writes about that. And then they say, oh, we're going to describe this scientifically and we're going to, you know, blah, blah, blah. And then it becomes the, they give it a scientific name. The scientific name puts it, say, okay, well, it's actually a hemlock. It's in this family. And here's the scientific name. But because people have been calling it by whatever it is that you wrote down hundreds of years ago, they're still going to call it that weird other name that's not that. Okay. So when we were talking about the Douglas firm, we had that dash, or just in this episode, the arborvita or the um, the northern white cedar. Right, uh, white hyphen cedar. Exactly. Okay. So that makes it a false cedar, right. and with the Douglas fir, of course, a false fir. So that then begs the question: What's a true cedar? What's mm. a true fir? Anything like that? So. There are trees that are called cedars and have been called cedars for millennia. They are in the genus Cedrus, S or C E D R U S. I like it. There's the cedar of Lebanon, the Atlas cedar, the Deodar cedar, the Himalayan cedar. They all go, grow down um, in sort of the um, the Middle Eastern and North Africa, Caucasus Mountains kind of area. Okay. Those trees are cedars, and they have needles, they're in the pine family, that come out in these bunches, and they have cones that grow upright, and they disintegrate all the time. Uh, Instead of falling apart as a whole cone, their cone scales fall apart piece by piece. Interesting. That's a true cedar in the genus Cedrus. Okay. For whatever reason, when people came from Europe over to the Americas, and they found other trees that had if not wood properties, at least kind of smelled like what a cedar would smell like from back home, mm. they then said, oh, well, this must be some other kind of cedar. So we're going to call it the eastern cedar or the western cedar or this other kind of cedar. But in fact, the eastern uh, white cedar or arborvita or northern white cedar, whatever you want to call it, is in no way related other than being a conifer and a plant to a true cedar. So... Thuya is in the cypress family, which is also a conifer, but very much not related to the pine family, which the true cedars in Cedrus are in. The, the cedar cedars are pine? Yeah. See how confusing this is now? Yeah. Yeah. So true cedars in the genus Cedrus, those are in the pine family. Okay. Whereas Thuya, which is the genus for the eastern white cedar with the hyphen that is in the cypress family because one has little cones that look nothing like the cones that are from the other kinds of trees okay so that is the most confusing part so inevitably this is why the latin binomial scientific names ever came to be in the first place because somebody was pulling their hair out saying why Mm. why are you guys calling that a cedar and this a cedar and that a pine and that a pine when they are like five different completely unrelated types of trees 
And the only reason we did it is because people who were not necessarily versed in the very specific botanical and taxonomic differences between things, they will just go out there and say, oh, yeah, it's pine. Oh, it's fir. Interesting. Yeah. In the wood products industry, we also do the same thing. We have like yellow pine is several different kinds of pine trees. And there's no real rhyme or reason for it. They just kind of, it's it's convention. It's what people call it forever. It's just the human element in, yeah. in naming things. Exactly. Okay. And it's also very much specific to where you are. But to close it out, the a cedar is whatever the hell you want to call a cedar. That's the rule. However, if you're referring to a very specific kind of plant, you have to add or you have to go that one layer deep to see what the scientific name is of it. So a true cedar is going to be in the genus Cedrus. Anything that's called a false cedar or a false cypress or anything else that has a dash or zero dashes at all. So like a red cedar, no spaces, it's just one word, red cedar. That also means it's not a real cedar. A dash between red and cedar, not mm. a real cedar. Look for the dash. Look, Look for the, for the dash. Uh, who was that question from? That question was from Mandy Arena. Thank you, Mandy, for your question. And if you have a tree question for Casey, you can write to us at arbitrarypod at gmail.com. That's A-R-B-O-R-T-R-A-R-Y pod at gmail.com. That's right. Casey, we did it. We have made it through another one. Just barely, my friend. Oh, man. I, we were pulling each other back in from going off on these tangents. Oh, my God. Yeah, we. that was a big one. Yeah, I think it's going to be a good one. And you know what? I got so many extra notes, you people are going to be able to read for days. And I get to edit it. Oh, boy. Thanks so much for joining us. Uh, hey, we'll see you next time. We'll see you then. Bye-bye. Completely Arbitrary is produced by Alex Croson and Casey Clapp. Our production consultant is Olivia Frankie. Our artwork is by Jillian Barthold, and our music is by the Mini Vandals. Thanks for listening. 